On today's Contract 2020 TA Education, I'll be interviewing NC team member Lexi Taylor about Section 15, Training and Standardization. All right, Lexi, let's uh, start from the top of training and standards, uh, walk through it. Uh, start with the organization. This was a combination of two sections. So yeah, Kurt, it is a combination of two sections, section 18 in the current contract and section 23, section 18 standards for check airmen. And then section 23 of training in the current book have now been combined to this one. Okay. And so from the beginning, we'll talk about general. This looks mostly like it's lifted from the current language. Yes. General section has just been organized to be to flow better and probably clarified. Okay. And then uh, the next section talks about training awards and assignments. How do we organize that in 2020? So in uh, this section, we are organizing training in the way that it is bid and awarded or by assignment. So essentially your CQ and ETOPS initial training, you will bid for your training slots. Um, and then that will be awarded. Or if you have leadership, you know, if there's an op stay in the future, those are going to be assigned training. All right. And we also kind of divide things up in long and short. Is that another l way to look at it? Yeah, we have, um, we tried to make it simple. So there's not a reason to pay something differently. We have long training, which is anything over seven days and then short training, anything below seven. So essentially a long would be initial upgrade levels four and five of for requal. And then everything else almost is short training. And the long training sequences, those are all awarded or assigned? Those are all assigned. Okay. So that's all the classroom and SIM training. And then we also have uh, LX and that places, or what's that terminology? LX is line experience in AQP world. Um, the company wanted to make sure that our training news training section aligns with AQPM. So anything that was an OE is now called an LX. So that would be an IOE, a UOE, the ETOPS flying portion of your training the is now qual. the root qual. Thank you. Is now an LX as well. Okay. And then uh, we have e-learning and that replaces our, our new terminology for uh, distance learning. Okay. So that's section B. We move on to C that talks about training operations. Uh, what kind of give us the big picture here? This is your duty day limitations, your travel restrictions, that kind of thing. Um, so we have that current limitation that you can't train and fly more than six Southwest days. Um, we have crew rest limitations. We did get a little bit more restriction on traveling home from training. So then it's not, they can't just deadhead you forever on the way home. There will be a duty day requirement for that. And then uh, it also says in here, it says a pilot will be allowed to trade like training sequence provided there's no additional cost to the company. What does that mean in practice? What's like training? I can trade a CQ for a CQ. I can trade you for your CQ event for my CQ event, but I can't trade you my ETOPS for your CQ. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's new technology that'll come in the future. Right now, it's a manual process where you call lead up scheduling. You can trade your training. But um, in the near future, we'll have that where you can trade it just like trip trade giveaway right now. I can't help but notice that it does say that uh, a pilot who calls in fatigue, we pulled no pay. What's the deal? Uh, for fatigue and sick, we tried to make those pay the same, um, but the company made the argument that fatigue is for a flight duty and for safety. So um, unfortunately, we couldn't get that to be paid the same. So if you call in sick, you'll get paid. If you call in fatigued, you won't. 
Also in this section, we talk about training adjustments and how they conflict with other duties. Explain a little bit. I know that that's kind of complicated how it play, how it would work with particularly the bid. Yeah, the training adjustments right now is essentially what we would call quality of life or max pay. In the new contract, you will have um, whenever you're bidding for your training, you have to have 12 hours of rest on either side of your training pairing. And if anything conflicts, that will be pulled in its entirety with no pay because you bid that. And if there's two trips that conflict and it can be resolved with one trip pulled, they will pull the one that pays the least. So you can keep the most money on your board. Now, you said you get pulled with no pay. So that's an issue. How does how does that work with the training pay and uh, what happens if they still am in, in, in the hole? Training pay, we did get an increase in training pay for short events, um, as we alluded to at the beginning of the podcast. It'll be 6.5 per training day. And then if you train and travel on the same day, it will be 6.5 for your event plus your deadhead pay from your um, domicile. And then if you travel only on the day, it's 6.5 as well. And to clarify, the the travel pay is based on the the chart in the in the pay table or in the pay section. Yes, the, it doesn't right matter what they for, schedule you. Yes, right now four Kate's the um, pay chart from your domicile, and you can still get your must ride from wherever. Okay, and so we've talked about this, and it's worth mentioning. A typical CQT is three days, and for most of say the coasts are going to have a day of travel, so you'll have a four day footprint, right? Yeah. So if I bid a three-day trip that is prior to that and a three-day trip that's immediately after that and I don't have rest or I have to have a day off, right? That's the limitation. Right. We still have the limitation that you can't train and fly more than six Southwest days. So they would have to pull at least one of those. So if I had a four-day training block and then three on either end. They might have to pull both. And then you would have um, the opportunity to do open time priority, which is going to be a more robust system in the contract 2020. Yeah. So that'll be an automated process. But do I have to participate in that? You don't. It'll just be up to you whether or not you want to regain that money before open time. So a, a pilot would potentially go below the guarantee because of this drop, but he would have the priority to make it up. Correct. Okay. Yes. And so that uh, what we're talking about there is for a bid training event. If, what if the what if I get assigned CQ, or if there's some reason that I get assigned a, a, a short training event? How does that pay? Is that the same? It's a little bit different. Um, it will be sort of like it is today. If they assign you on a day off, it would be max pay. If there's um, a leadership class that happens while you're flying, um, they'll pull the pairing, and then you'll get the greater of the six point five or and travel or the pairing that they pull. So as I continue to scroll down through the section, I see simulator and device training. Uh, and then we have some we have some pay and scheduling provisions on simulators. Can you speak to those? Yeah, on the sim on the simulator um, and device training, we do have a little bit more restrictions um, written out. I know it was best practice for lead off scheduling not to put a Jeopardy event in a late sim. However, e, e period, basically. E period, yes. There has, ha it has happened, um, but is now, it would be against the contract to do a Jeopardy event in an E period sim. And if for some reason it, you are in a D period and it delays into an E period, you have to have concurrence from both pilots in order to continue. And it pays uh, 150%. Yeah. So, okay. A little extra pay there. 
any real changes on the holiday side of things? Um, no real changes on the holidays that they don't have training. However, we do um, we did get more holidays in contract 2020. So you will get the holiday override for any time that you are training or traveling on those days. So talk about the training travel now. Uh, we talked about how uh, the training pay is set based on the base, but how does the travel work? The travel will be essentially the same as today. You are, you can call your crew-based coordinator or fill out the form to get your must-ride listing to training. And we did memorialize the grievance settlement for your duty day with the travel on the same day as training. So you'll get the 30-minute report. You have to have a 45-minute transit time from Love Field to the training center, and then 30 minutes of release time all in a day, all within the 12-hour duty day. Because they were making people's duty days traveling into training for ground school really, really long. So that has now been memorialized into the contract. All right, moving on to section D is training bids. Let's walk us through what a typical training bid is and how it'll play out for the pilots. Uh, bids for training will open on the 1st, close on the 4th with the protest period to be final on the 5th. So you will have your training pairing before your line awards. And so you can either decide when you're bidding your line, do you want it to conflict or not, not to conflict? Because those will be pulled, no pay. It's up to you how you want to bid your line. So we talked a little bit about the conflict. I, I think something I don't know that we mentioned that's probably important is the fact that they're going to make a full pull. There's no longer partial pulls. Right. It will be pulled in its entirety within 12 hours on either side of your training pairing. Or the seven continuous day or five, six plus one. How do you, right. You know no more saying? than six days. And the, the bid works for both CQ? CQ and ETOPS initial. And then we did get a distribution requirement for the SIM events. So they have to have a minimum amount of A period SIMs, B period SIMs, and C period. So then we we know the exact number at a minimum what will be offered. And this is a little backwards, but I'll ask the question, how do they determine who is going to training for that month? Because we've had so many problems with move-ups, uh, especially this last year. Well, right now, your normal due month or base month is 12 months after your last evaluation, as long as they don't move you up, obviously. In contract 2020, we did get a, a voluntary option to move up one, two, three, or four months if you'd like to rebase two, three, or four months earlier. And then if they have to involuntarily move you, we did get a pay penalty with certain stipulations. We'll get to those, I'm sure, later. So they'll create a list of pilots who have to go to training and that will be part of the bid packet the month prior. You'll be, you'll know yes. beforehand. Just like today, you get a check-in message saying, Hey, you're due for your training next month, put in your TGDOs, that kind of thing. You will get the bid packet instead with your name on it. Here's the open time slots that you can bid for and what the deadheads would look like on either side. A lot like the bid packets for the monthly bids. Correct. That brought up another question. You said TGDOs. Can we use those here on the training bids? TGDOs will only apply for assigned training. Because you are bidding and being awarded this, there's no TGDOs that would apply. Okay. So uh, I go ahead and I'm selected to bid and uh, I, I go ahead and bid my assignments. The awards are obviously done in seniority order. Are there any other limitations or, or complications with the bid? Yeah, there's an um, opportunity in contract 2020 to train over your vacation. It is an election, so you'd have to select you want to train over vacation. Opportunity to make more money if you like. Or if you don't want to, 
your bids would be bypassed that conflict with vacation and you'd be awarded whichever ones don't. So that's training bids. Moving on to that from there, I see training elections. There's a lot more selections. Uh, we, we keep our current preferences because we need those for uh, assignments, assigned training, but they don't supersede the bid. Is that fair? Correct. Uh, what can you tell us about the uh, training elections that are listed? Yeah, the training elections are a way for a pilot to communicate <clears throat> with the schedulers to say, these are my wants and needs. Essentially, I want to come in the night before training if I, if I don't already have just a travel only day. This is the station that I want to travel from my commuter station or my home base station to my LX. It's just a way to communicate to the schedulers. So are most of these sort of just uh, automating things that we do today by phone call? Yeah, automating current contract. So after the training elections, what I see is uh, we, go, we talk through initial upgrade and all the various types of training. Uh, let's walk real quick through those. Uh, anything different, meaningfully in, in initial? Not too much of how it's scheduled. Um, we did get guaranteed that you will get two days off prior to your LX. It's more about the pay and those implications. And just real, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, over in the pay section, but just real quick, what's the change on the pay? Initial pay will pay prorated line guarantee through the end of your SIM events. And then your LX, you're actually going to get paid like an actual pilot. And today, the, the new hires get paid the line guarantee or the prorated, the prorated. Line through LX. The end of LX. Okay, so they're going to get that money. Good. How about uh, upgrade training? What's changed? Upgrade training, there's also changes in pay. The way it's scheduled is roughly the same. We did outline the priority of who's going to get to select if there's multiple upgrade classes in a month, who gets to select whichever one they want to go to first by seniority. Generally by seniority, right. Okay. Um, and then we have an actual process as if you want need to bypass your upgrade. If there's something wrong medically or on a long-term absence and what the process would be to fill that position and then what the process would be for that pilot the next month. So it sounds to me like uh, as I listen to this get negotiated, a lot of it was it's sort of ad hoc right now and it depends on who you talk to and what your chief says and who the scheduler is that day. And we now we've sort of codified a, a practice or a, a standard rule set. Yes, we did that a lot in contract 2020. We want to make sure it's easily followed and repeated for both the scheduler and the pilot to understand. And you mentioned pay. Uh, what's the change on the upgrade pay? Upgrade pay will now pay six TFP per event or trips pulled, whichever is greater. Uh, the next section after upgrade is recall training. Uh, what's the change there? Or what's new there? Um, it'll, it'll be assigned by the company. Why would we allow them to assign a, even if it's a short recall, if it's a two-day recall, why why can't we bid? Yeah, you aren't qualified, so they wanted to get you in as soon as possible. And probably there's not a whole class to really bid for. That's They pretty, pretty much make them individually built pairings or yes. trips, right? Yes. Or training events. We have a new section now. It's called downgrade training. Why is that here? Right now, there's no information for the pilot to understand what he's going to be doing for downgrade training. It's in the AQPM of like your requirements, but there's no, how does your trips on your board work? Are they pulling it and paying it a certain way? We wanted that codified in the language. And and there are references in here that do say that if it's a voluntary downgrade, I'll get seat locked. And if it's an involuntary downgrade, I get a displacement. We can talk about the displacement. What about the seat lock? Has it changed? And if so, why? 
Right now, we do have seat lock for a downgrade. It's four months. Southwest initially wanted that to be increased to a year. We got six months at the end, and it's mostly their reasoning was for training. They didn't want to have to train another captain just to fill his slot. And uh, from what I understand, too, under AQP, there's now a training requirement that may or may not have existed prior to AQP. Correct. Depending on how Correct. Long. And there's that cost they're trying to get up for both the upgrade and the downgrade. All right, next section, J, is remediation. Any meaningful change here? No real meaningful change. I think we broke it out a little bit differently to make it make more sense. How about initial check pilot training? That's new. That is new. Currently, there is no information for a, a check airman getting qualified and ha- him receiving his own training. The check pilot guide is for the check pilot that's giving training in those rules and duty limitations and pay, but there's nothing for the check pilot to look at to see what's going to happen with his own training. Okay. Uh, next section, L, is line experience. You said that this kind of replaces OE, IOE, UOE, and ETOPS calls. What can you tell us about this section? LX section is the IOE, UOE route qual section. We just memorialized somewhat current practice. We got um, where you can get a must-ride two-year LX for both IOE and UOE. You have to have a minimum amount of notification of 36 hours. So they're not saying, hey, you're going on an LX tomorrow. Let's get it going. Um, And then we also got if they pull a trip off your board, you have to have your LX scheduled within 48 hours on either side. Right now, there is no limit. They can put it anywhere they wanted to. So we do have a little bit more restriction. And uh, how does the LX pay since we're there? What is, is there any changes on the on LX pay? LX pay is going to be paid as a line pilot. If they put a portion of a trip on your board, that's going to be fully rigged. It will pay in the seat that you are flying. And then you'll get any of the overrides if applicable. All the LCO and all the other right. changes if that happens. So next section is ETOPS. It kind of mirrors what we have today, I think, uh, but not in training. It's somewhere else, isn't it? It's over in scheduling. I think so. And anything to speak about there? ETOPS, we memorialize current practice except for the LX. LX has a little bit more um, restrictions than just a typical LX. Next section is SAQ flying. Again, a new section. New section, but we're codifying current practice, so no real surprises there. And so the next is e-learning, section O, and you said that was DLs, or that was distance learning. Yes, and it, it will look very similar to current book. There's a few things that we tried to clarify. We knew that the current book was trying to say, it just didn't say it to make sense. There are a couple touches over in the IT section, such as uh, compatibility requirements and EFB training and that sort of thing. Right. And has the pay for e-learning changed at all? No, it should be the same. We're getting near the end. It looks like the next section is flying removed to qualify another pilot. This is uh, your RT pulls. We, it's currently being scheduled based on a policy letter for scheduling. So that is now in the CBA requirements are hard limited. So is this section exactly as the policy letter is or the policy is today? Or is, are there any changes? It's a little bit different. You now can pick up on top of the RT pull, which you can't today. There are a little bit of limitations. You have to wait until 24 hours prior to push, and then you can pick up over it. Section Q, seat support. We did lay out rules on how to cover that seat support and who would be last on that list. Right now, they try and get a reserve on it. So one big problem that we hear about seat support is that the reserves in Dallas end up getting the majority of those 
involuntarily and they get assigned to it. Uh, any fix for that? Yeah, we actually did get that fixed in the language. They have to offer it to any and all legal and available pilots, which would include premium. So they'll award it premium before they assign it to a reserve. Right. Uh, the next section of the CBA or the next section of this section is Lance Captain Sunset. That's obviously a, a hot topic or it might be. We can talk about that altogether in a different area, but let's just talk about the mechanics here. What What is the sunset process? Upon ratification, there will be one more opportunity for pilots to bid into a Lance Captain position, but the program will sunset at the end of the 12th full bid period after that date of ratification. And is there a concern about if a pilot gets moved up for CQ or any other concerns, could they get cut short of their 12-month period? We have language that the company will not involuntarily move up a Lance Captain for CQ training, so they won't get cut short. Because right now, if a Lance Captain has to go to training under AQP, he will have to do the sim twice, essentially once in each seat. And so um, in order to not do that, they have said that it won't move up a Lance Captain. He can get that full 12-month period. All right. Next section. We're getting towards the end. Familiarization pilot. What's this about? These are the pilots that sit on the jump seat for SAQ flying. There's not really a process outlined for who gets awarded and how. So now that has been updated in contract 2020. I, I will say that uh, we have heard, I think, from several of our uh, FPs out there that it's the good old boy network of, of who they who they like to call to, to do these. And, and now it's going to be a, an awarded process. In seniority order with regard to the gap. Uh, next section is check pilots. This is the current standardization section of our current CBA. Not a whole lot of changes here, but we did in contract 2020 negotiations, we were able to close out the check pilot guide. A lot more over there for check pilots. The next section is line instructors. That's new. Yes, there was an MOU, um, I think in 2021, that outlined these rules for line instructors. Um, it's pilots serving as a line instructor to help out the lead ops building. But that MOU never was incorporated. So this is just incorporating that language. Correct. And this is for uh, line pilots who are overdoing classroom instruction kind of as a project pilot role? No, not quite project pilots. Project pilots have their entire line pulled. This is one or two trips a month. And then the last section is training for association trip pull drop pilots. This is current book. All right, Lexi, thanks for helping me on training and standardization. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out the Contract 2020 TA Education page on swapa.org.